The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. It's time to blow the trumpet in Zion. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress, brought to you by the National Prayer Chapel with Pastor Ray Greenlee. Jesus cannot reign where sin reigns. He will not dwell where sin dwells. But he does reign and dwell in the heart of every believer who is struggling and fighting to die. He responds to the person who is not satisfied with their worldliness. He responds to the person who is eager to enter fully into Jesus, even though they still be walking in ways of destruction. The Holy Spirit goes after every man and every woman in spite of their sin. There is a difference between Jesus dwelling in you and the Holy Spirit calling you. Let's not mix those up. When Jesus comes in to dwell, he does so because he has brought forth a transformation in your life at the call of the Holy Spirit upon your heart. Now, which are you? To walk with Jesus requires absolute honesty. You've got to stop pretending. You've got to look at the reality that there is a physical realm and there is a spirit realm. The physical realm is filled with stuff, with physical goods, cars, houses, computers, cell phones, our own bodies. But the spirit realm is where the action takes place. Everything in the physical realm flows out of the spirit realm. Rebellion, anger, bitterness. Have you ever seen anger in the physical realm? I haven't. I've seen the evidence of anger in the physical realm. Things broken, people broken. We live in a spirit realm in our inner being. And in that inner place, we either walk with the devil or we walk with Jesus. Now, some of you are trying very hard to walk with both. You can't do it. Oh, you can do it temporarily, but the spirit has to have the victory in your life or you turn into a zombie. You begin to just fade out of the active work of the Holy Spirit in your heart and you give yourself to the evil while on the outside in the physical world, you still look like you're a great Christian. You're still going to church. You're 
you're still talking about Jesus even on Facebook. But in your inner being, you're no longer alive because you've rejected Jesus. Now, will the Holy Spirit continue to strive with you? Yes, for a time. But please don't mistake the Holy Spirit striving with you and Jesus Christ dwelling in you. When Jesus dwells in you, sin no longer reigns in your life. You no longer walk in the ways of darkness. You no longer walk with bitterness and anger. You no longer walk in the pride of life. You're not the man. You're not the woman. Everything doesn't center around you. Instead, you've laid your life down. And that's evidenced in the physical realm by love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Oh, wait, that's the fruit of the Spirit. Yes. The fruit of the Spirit is born in a person who dwells in Jesus Christ. Where Jesus reigns over the heart, over the life. Now, many of you have spent, pardon me, many of you have spent years thinking you were a Christian simply because the Holy Spirit was continually convicting you. I've seen people who, who love Christ with their mouth. They love to go to church. They love to hear the sermons. They, they enjoy all of that. They'll even witness. They'll talk to other people about Jesus. But all that's happening in their life is the Holy Spirit is continually having to confront them with the darkness of their heart. Until finally they just become religious people and the Holy Spirit fades out and they go on down the road thinking they're saved. Well, they've never been born from above. They've never been born again. They're not new people. They're the same old as they were before, except they have been polished up a little bit. They've made some self-improvements in their life. Maybe they've stopped smoking or they've stopped cussing or they've stopped something that they felt convicted about. And then you go to church and they have all of these courses that you can take, these strategy sessions that you can go to for support. Accountability groups, that's the big deal today, accountability groups. Accountability groups are only good for people who are not yet converted. Accountability groups are for people where the Holy Spirit is still struggling in this person to bring them into a place of overcoming. If you need an accountability group, go to an accountability group, but recognize that you haven't been born again. Recognize that you're still walking in your struggle with sin. And I know you've been taught, many of you, that you're going to struggle with your sin all of your life. 
That's not what the word says. And as we have been studying in the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter, we see very clearly in the lives of the people described here a point where they finally came through in victory. Now, it took Abraham almost all of his life before he was able to come through in victory. But he did when he offered his son on that altar of sacrifice. All of Hebrews 11 is about this struggle between the physical realm and the spirit realm until finally the victory's won. That doesn't mean they're never tempted. Oh, they're tempted. But they have the victory. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Well, as we shared in way of review, always, 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 Hebrews 11 needs another word added to it to understand what faith is. Faith always has a rhema word accompanying it. Rhema word. In other words, where the Holy Spirit quickens a word to your heart, and then you stand by faith that it's done that the Holy Spirit has done it, and you obey the calling of the Holy Spirit, please hear what I'm trying to say to you. Until you have the rhema word over your sin, you will not have the victory. But when you hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you and saying to you, take a stand. You're done with this. Take a stand then faith kicks into gear. You take the stand against that sin and the power of the blood of Jesus breaks that bondage in your heart. Now, one of the greatest defenses we have is claiming to be a victim. Claiming, I can't help myself. Well, of course you can't, but that's what Jesus' blood is for, to bring you that victory. And it's by faith. It's not by works. It's not by the law. It's by faith in Jesus Christ. That's what this whole 11th chapter is. Then the 12th chapter comes, and just in way of review, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. The biblical picture of the Christian is a person walking in victory who throws off everything that hinders, that is, whatever is standing around you shouting, Do me, take me, I'm yours, and it's sin. And everything that entangles, 
In other words, all the hindrances are thrown off by faith in Jesus Christ. And the change comes. Now, if the change doesn't come, it's not God's fault because as we shared yesterday, Ephesians, the first chapter says, everything has been given to you for godliness. Hebrews says the same thing. Jesus has already provided for you everything you need. So the question is, are you accessing it? Are you using it? Do you understand it? And that's why yesterday I said to you, it takes time to be holy. Why? It takes time to read the scriptures. One man I continue to struggle with, a new Christian. He wants to read on the internet articles about being a Christian. He wants to watch videos and movies about being a Christian. But he doesn't want to read the scriptures. So he wants the baby food. He wants the pre-digested food. He wants to be like a little bird fed by mama bird. Well, someplace you have to grow up and begin to read the word for yourself and hear what it says and let the Holy Spirit become your teacher. Not Pastor Ray, not Pastor so-and-so, You have to come to a place where the Holy Spirit teaches you from the word what he wants in your life. And it continues, endure hardship as discipline. Literally, in the Greek, endure hardship or endure flogging as discipline. Do you have hardship in your life? Which of us doesn't? He's saying, treat that hardship as a gift from God. Treat that hardship as God treating you as a son or daughter. Because we only grow in suffering. Don't go searching for suffering. The Holy Spirit will bring sufficient and the devil will bring sufficient. But it's in the midst of that endurance it's in the midst of that flogging that we begin to get a hold of the word of god we have to go to it and we're quickened by the holy spirit in it and we're called to submit in that discipline so he says therefore strengthen your feeble arms and your weak knees in other words don't give way to foolish decisions where you just blow it out Don't do that. Stand and pray and believe and let Jesus change what's happening in your life. That's why in verse 14, it says, Make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Literally, that word make in the Greek is cultivate. In other words, you're going to have some weeds growing in your heart. Cut them down. Cultivate. Pursue. Make every effort to live in peace. First with your wife and your husband and your children and your boss. Those that give you difficulty, choose peace and not war. 
because you cannot be at war and be holy at the same time in bitterness and anger. Now, I have to tell you, through the years of my walking with Jesus, often my response to being treated unjustly has been bitter anger, even revenge. And when that didn't work, then I played victim. Today, I don't do any of that. Today, Jesus Christ dwells in me. And now I desire above all things peace with all men. I desire and pursue peace. Does that mean I don't draw lines in the sand? Oh, I draw the boundary that Jesus wants drawn. But I don't have to be unpleasant about that boundary. I don't have to be judgmental. I don't have to be superior. I can simply live to Jesus. And so I used to say all the time when my wife was alive that Jesus stood between us. I want to broaden that today. Jesus stands between me and all human relationships. Jesus stands between me and the National Prayer Chapel. Jesus stands between me and Pilgrim's Progress. I want Jesus to stand between me and everything in this physical world and everything in the spirit world. He says, you've not come to a mountain that can be touched, burning with fire, to darkness and gloom and storm, to a trumpet blast or to a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that they would hear no further word because they could not bear it, trembling with fear. That's not how God relates to us in the new covenant. In the new covenant, we come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, to the city of the living God. We come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, not an angry assembly in joyful assembly. And we come to Jesus. This world is going to be shaken. The shaking has already begun. The financial system is collapsing in America. Well, you may not think so because mainstream media doesn't talk about it. But if you look deeper you'll see that the whole fiat currency system in the world is in the process of collapsing. You need to hear from Jesus. You will not be able to continue living as you have been. You need to have a clear line of sight to the kingdom that cannot be shaken so that your heart is not shaken by what happens in this world, in your job, in your marriage, in your with your children. You need to be in a place where you are not shaken. You have absolute confidence in Jesus Christ. 
Now that brings us to chapter 13. And we're going to finish up this amazing book of Hebrews. I want to read the first words. Now, always, it seems in the New Testament, you have the teaching and then you have some very specific practical applications of that teaching. So the first 12 chapters have been basic teaching about Jesus. 13 is how it's lived out. He says, keep on loving each other as brothers. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those in prison as if you were their fellow prisoners, and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. And today we have many of our brothers and sisters suffering violent, violent persecution, imprisonment, rape, torture, killing, murder, losing everything. He's calling us to remember them and to pray for them and in any way possible reach out and help them. And then verse 4, marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure for God. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. He's establishing the base of marriage as the test of where a man or woman stands with God. And he's warning the marriage bed must be kept pure. That's going to take a conscious choice on your part. God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral over and over and over through Scripture. We're warned, and in the book of Revelation, we're warned that a person who walks in sexual immorality in their mind, in their heart, in their body, cannot enter into Jesus Christ. And they will be excluded from the kingdom of heaven. The second issue he wants to deal with is keep your lives free from the love of money. Wow, no surprise here. Sex is number one, and money is number two. The two greatest temptations. Usually the one tempted with money is not tempted with sex, and vice versa. These are the two great horns of the devil by which he wishes to capture and to prevent a person from entering into the kingdom of God. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have, because God has said, now please, heads up, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. On July 25, 2006, I was at an utter end 
of all hope. Jan was sick. The church was not doing well. Radio was exhausting. And that night of July 25, 2006, I crashed. And I went to my private prayer closet. Literally. I went to my bedroom, closed that door, then went into my closet, and my closet had a door on it, and I closed the closet door, and I got down on my face before God, and I said, I'm done. When Elijah came to you and said, I've had it, get me out of here. Jezebel wants to destroy me. You took him out. Well, that was my misunderstanding of Scripture, because if you really look at the Scripture, God finally spoke to him when he ran to the mountain of God, and it was another 20 years before God took him in that horse and chariot of fire into the heavenly realm. But that night I was utterly broken. I wept before the Lord. I said, Lord, I've had it. I've spent my life trying to be a pastor. I've never been successful. Everything that I have accomplished, you have taken from me. I'm done. Will you release me from the ministry? And the Lord spoke to me, and he spoke audibly. And he said to me, Never will I leave you, and never will I forsake you. And it's like a jolt of electricity went through my whole system. I suddenly knew beyond any question I was not on my own. God had not left me. But instead he was calling me deeper. And I said that night to the Lord, Lord, I see I'm not at the end, I'm at the beginning. And you want me to trust you. I will trust you. Every time from then forward, when any kind of discouragement has begun to flow into my heart, this passage, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you, is as though it were written in fire. I see it in my heart. I've been facing a very difficult question in my own mind, in my own life, in my own heart. And I'd prayed through and been clear about what the Lord's will was, but nothing has happened yet. And this morning when I got up, there were lots of questions in my heart. Lord, have I really heard you? Have you really said you're going to do this? Or was that just vain imagination? I came into my prayer closet at my appointed time. Actually, I was 45 minutes early because I was so troubled. I'd gotten up this morning and and had prayer, but I have a set time from 10 to 11 that I come into the Lord's presence and just wait on him and pray. 
and I came early today, and very quietly in my spirit, the Lord spoke. And all he said was, Get the victory. <laughs> I was I was not surprised. And so I spent the next hour and 45 minutes in the presence of the Lord getting the victory. What do you mean? It's not a question of what he's going to do. It's a question of will I stand and believe his word to me? A man who is double-minded doesn't receive anything from the Lord. And and I'm going to share a little bit of what happened. I immediately said back to the Lord, Lord, you told me the same thing when I was standing by faith that Jan would be healed. And I never doubted. And I stood until she took her last breath in my arms. And she died. How can I get the victory when I live with a reality that I stood by faith and my faith was not honored? Very quietly I heard, I will do what I will do, but you must stand by faith. I said, Lord, thank you. You want me not to be afraid. So, in fact, you may not do what you've said will happen, and I may have misunderstood you as I misunderstood that Jan was to be healed. She was healed. She was taken to heaven. That's not what I wanted, not what I stood for. So can I come back and now stand once more and not waver? And recognize that I may have totally misunderstood the Lord. Yes. How? By knowing that he is God. And I am utterly submitted to whatever he wants to do. Because I know that whatever he wants to do, he will not leave me. He will not forsake me because the Lord is my helper. And I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? He can't do anything to me. I'm in, I'm in the hands of Almighty God. So, I had to come to victory. Where I am standing that God will do precisely what he's told me he will do in the time when he told me he would do it. And if I have misunderstood him, and it does not happen, it will not be God's fault. It will be my lack of understanding and my belief that my agenda should be carried out. So do I stand by faith? Yes. Do I believe that God's going to do what he's promised me he will do? Absolutely, I do. Will I be crushed if he does not do it? Yes, I will be. Will it cause me to turn away from him? No, it will not. Because he is God. I'm not God. I'm not a, I'm not a co-equal God. 
I'm not a God of any kind. I'm just a man trying to understand the words of Christ, trying to understand how to walk with him, choosing to humble my heart before him, and choosing to believe what I, what I hear in the Spirit. So Hebrews 13 says in verse 5, Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So we say, or I say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. I could also add, the Lord is my helper. I will not be angry. Or I could say, the Lord is my helper. I will not play victim. What can man do to me? Nothing. Verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I change. Jesus doesn't. (laughs) I change. Jesus doesn't. And then he says, do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. It's good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace and not by ceremonial foods, which are of no value to those who eat them. You can do the Passover if you choose. You can do the Seder if you choose. But it has no spiritual value for you. We no longer eat from the old covenant altar. We eat from an altar in the heavenly realm. We eat the broken body of Jesus Christ and we drink the spilled blood of Jesus Christ. That's the food. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day the broken body of Jesus. Strengthen us for the journey. We have an altar from which those who minister at the tabernacle have no right to eat. The high priest carries the blood of animals into the most holy place as a sin offering, but the bodies are burned outside the camp. Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp bearing the disgrace he bore. In other words, let's walk away. This is written to the Hebrews, the sons of Eber, the Israelites. And he's saying, look, look, let's walk away from the temple service. Let's walk away from the Passover. Let's walk away from all of the Jewish rituals, all the Jewish laws. Let's go outside of the city of Jerusalem. Because we're looking now for another city. We're looking for the new Jerusalem. And through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. It is no sacrifice if we feel like it. It's it's no sacrifice if it doesn't cost us something. 
So what is this sacrifice of praise that we're to offer? The fruit of lips that confess his name. And actions that do good to others, sharing with others. For with such sacrifice, God is pleased. And then this, in verse 17, I'm almost shy of reading it to you. Obey your leaders and submit to to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy and not a burden, for that would be of no advantage to us, to you. The only caveat I'll add to that is Don't submit to the authority of leaders who are walking in the realm of darkness. Don't submit to leaders who teach you to continue walking in sin and that you're saved. Don't submit to leaders just because they're leaders. Test them by the word of God. Test what I say here on this broadcast by the word of God. Don't believe it just because a pastor says it. Test it by the scriptures and by the Holy Spirit. And then he says, pray for us. And I ask, would you pray for me? I don't have anything in this radio broadcast to make me somebody. In fact, I love being on radio so nobody can recognize me when I'm in public because I'm not anybody. Jesus is somebody. So pray for me. I have a clear conscience. I desire to live honorably in every way. But I ask, please pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon my life and upon this broadcast and upon the work at the National Prayer Chapel because I know the only good that can be accomplished is by way of the Holy Spirit, not by way of the flesh. So I'm going to open the telephones if you'd like to call and pray for me or if you'd like to call and have me pray for you. Why don't you call 877-534-0780. And you're welcome to call. I'm happy to pray for you. Or I'd be happy to have you pray for me. 877-534-0780. He begins the conclusion of this wonderful book of Hebrews by saying, May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. 
Amen. And then he says, Brothers, I urge you to bear with my word of exhortation, for I've written you only a short letter. And I would ask that you would bear with my word of exhortation day by day on this radio broadcast and understand that I want you to be pure of heart and mind. I want you to be washed in the blood of Jesus. I want you to walk faithfully before him. I want you to be able to pray in the prayer closet and see the physical realm changed by the grace of God. I want you to have victory in the prayer closet. I want you to dwell in Jesus Christ. If you'd like to call and pray or be prayed for, call quickly, 877-534-0780. Mr. Producer, are there any calls? All right. Because if there are no calls, then I'm simply going to take time And I'm going to pray for you. Because this radio broadcast, I spend a great deal of time and energy on. I do it for you, and I do it for Jesus. Because I want you to grow up in him. I pray for revival. For maturity in God's people. For healing Good. What's her name? Hello. Welcome. Hello. Yes. Yes, you're on air. What would uh, what would you like, and how can I pray for you? I wanted to pray. I was listening to your message, and it really has touched my heart. Would you pray? I want. Uh, yes. Good. And uh, everything that you say, I tried to write it down. I wrote about four pages of what you were saying. I I need some prayers. Um, yeah. Okay. Sometimes I, I, I do all these things that is being done. I listen to messages. I go to church. I praise the Lord. Yes. But I, I, I think that is more religion than anything else. Okay. So you want you want a deeper walk with Jesus? Yeah. Okay, let me pray. Lord Jesus, my sister is asking for more of you. Lord, she's asking for the coming of the Holy Spirit upon her heart to reveal you, Jesus, first as crucified, but then also as resurrected. Lord, her heart is hungry for you. And I'm just coming with her now before you to say, Lord, my heart's hungry too. We need more of you, Jesus. And we need the world to be cut away from our hearts completely in every respect. So, Lord, I'm praying that you will hear the cry of my sister and that you will come and reveal yourself to her 
and begin to move in a deeper way, beginning now to draw her into yourself. Lord, she wants to be ready to walk with you when you come in glory. Lord, you know every struggle her heart has. You know every area of temptation that comes before her. Lord, would you come now and would you touch her in the name of Jesus? I pray in your holy name. Amen. Thank you so much. Would you like to pray a quick prayer? Yes. Okay, please. I I just thank you, Lord, for quickening my heart to listen to this radio this morning and to listen to this specific broadcast. I pray for this pastor that I heard once or twice before that I don't even know his name, that I recognize his voice for the very few times that I have listened to him. Thank you, Father, for using him to talk to me today. Thank you for letting me know that I have the victory. Yes. Thank you, Father, that you're using him. And I pray, Father, that you will continue blessing him and using him to speak to others. Bless him abundantly. In the name of Jesus, Father, help him to dwell in Jesus and help him that in his heart is the dwelling place for Jesus. Yes. I pray, Father God, that you will use him in the name of Jesus to bless others. As he says, we are not victims. We have the victory. Yes. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you for this man of God that you have placed in the right time, on the right place to speak to others, even if it's just one person like me today. Yes, Lord. spoken to me through him. I pray, Father, for health. I pray for peace. And I pray for victory in his life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. My sister, I don't know your name either, but we're brother and sister in Jesus, and thank you for your prayer. Thank you for your message. You're welcome. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. You're welcome. We have time for another call. 877-534-0780 if you'd like to call quickly. Mr. Producer, are there any other calls? Okay. How much time do we have left in the broadcast? Six and a half minutes. Well, let's pray. Oh, Lord. We give you these last minutes as you have ordered our steps through the book of Hebrews. Lord, I thank you for what you've said to my heart and to the hearts of those who have listened. 
And I pray today, Lord, for complete victory in the life of every person who has listened. I pray, Lord, that you will move in power to reveal yourself to them in a new and mighty way. Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, Dave. Welcome. What would you like to share? Yes, can you hear me? I can hear you, Dave. Welcome. Um, keep up the good work, Pastor Greenley, and I'll mail you a check in the pretty near future. And sorry about July 25, 2006, but you've come a long, long, long way. And, you know, um, I just encourage the listeners if you can't send a hundred, send five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five, and if everybody does their job, Pastor Grinley will be on the air for a good while. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. We're still, and I wasn't going to say anything, but because of what Dave has just said, we are still for the month of August five hundred and twenty dollars short of being able to pay for the broadcast. I'm just standing by faith that God will move and provide. He has every month. I stand by faith he will again now. We have four and a half minutes. Are there any other calls? Okay. I just want to say a quick word. Um, Brother Kevin is our producer. He works for WAVA. His job is not primarily hosting and producing radio broadcasts. But he has done such an incredible job in helping me, being a partner with me in ministry. I want to recognize him today. Uh, Kevin has been completely faithful, humble of heart, generous to a fault, uh, always being there, doing behind-the-scenes work that he really is not required to do. So I I just want to pray for Kevin right now. Would you join me in praying for him? Lord, I lift Kevin and his precious wife up before you. And I ask, Lord, for your blessing upon their marriage and upon their lives. Lord, I pray today that you would encourage him. Lord, he has been a faithful partner in ministry with this program of Pilgrim's Progress His words of wisdom, his words of kindness and support have meant everything to me. So, Lord, today it's it's our turn to bless him in your name. And I ask, Lord, that you would just touch him now and touch his precious wife now as she works in nursing. Lord, let your presence be with him and be with them guarding their hearts from all darkness. Lord, give him encouragement in his inner man and give him direction that he'll know what your will is in every respect. Lord, he's hidden away. He's just a voice once in a while. But Lord, he's front and center in making certain this broadcast is successful. So, Lord, I thank you for his hard work and his loyalty and his walk with you. I thank you that he's a follower of yours, that he has great insight and understanding in spiritual things. Lord, thank you today for Kevin, and I just ask your blessing for him.
Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley. I pastor the National Prayer Chapel in Woodbridge, Virginia. I invite you to come and visit us. Go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com, and you'll find directions. Uh, You'll find our address. And if you need our address, if the Lord is prompting you to give, call the phone number 877-534-0780 right now. And Brother Kevin will take the call and he'll let me know what the pledge was and he'll give you the address for where you send that pledge. I want to thank all of you for for walking with me through this book of Hebrews. We're going to start next in the book of James. Pastor James. So come and walk with me. God bless you. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Before the presence of His glory with great joy, with great joy. Now unto Him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you blameless. Before the presence of His glory.